yeah, true. But you'd have to think like maybe 80 years ago, if the Pentagon came out, or not 80 years ago, maybe like during the 80s, for example, like, yeah. you know, when all the Roswell, was that during, no, that was the 50s and 60s, wasn't it? When like uh, UFO sightings were popping up all around I Roswell. I can't remember and, exactly. Like if the Pentagon had come out then and said shit like, oh yeah, we have a UFO in our possession. Oh, he's gone again. Bloody hell, Nathan. He's got to fix your internet connection. So I can't actually, I can't actually remember when Roswell was. Maybe Luke can look that up just to get a 19, bit of a timeline. 1947 was the, uh, the US armed forces coming across something. Uh, and yeah, that was reported in the newspaper. It was 1947 when that happened. There you go. Okay, Nathan. 1947 was Roswell. The uh, American, okay. American government found that. So we're talking that you know this this stuff has been. Well, I mean, okay. This is this is kind of a, a very broad topic. Um, so 1947 is, is when kind of Roswell happened. So you could say, in terms of modern technology um, and the way the world is now, we've been looking at UFOs. Um, as a possibility in terms of aliens since since the 40s say so you know we're looking at 60 to 80 well 80 years ago mm. but in terms of ufos and aliens themselves like there's <laughs> history is littered with possible um sightings like you know you've got cave paintings from like mayan civilizations you know thousands of years ago that depict gods coming down from the sky uh, and giving them technology. Um, you know, if you've ever seen ancient aliens, you'll know what I'm talking about. <laughs> I think I've seen ancient aliens now that I come to think of it. <laughs> so the whole premise of all that is that there was these God-like figures. And it's funny when, when you look at religion that, you know, uh, God is a man in the sky um, who talks to you uh, that, <laughs> The, these civilizations are marking this down as a god from the sky. Whereas, if right now today, if someone was to come down from the sky, we would call them an alien. <laughs> we either, you know what we'd say? We'd say it's an alien or it's a hoax that the government's trying to pull over us. <laughs> so the government's trying to control us with their wouldn't alien that, man. <laughs> wouldn't that be funny that um, we actually do one day get visited by actual aliens, but the world doesn't accept it and just claims it as a hoax by like the American or the Russian government. <laughs> and then they just leave because they're like, all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, the sightings have gone up dramatically since we have started exploding bombs on this planet and started testing like, you know, massive nuclear bombs. And maybe that's because they're, they're thinking, you know, you've got aliens thinking, well, these guys are uh, on the verge of blowing themselves up and killing themselves. We better go down and, and see what the hell's going on there. <laughs> so you're saying the answer to our global warming problems could be aliens. No, well, I mean, I highly doubt that's going to be the answer. If, if an alien comes down and solves our global warming, <laughs> I mean, look, could you imagine, could you imagine if totally spitball, it's the whiskey talking here. Yeah, yeah. Could you imagine if aliens roll down into earth, <laughs> fly down and they're like, Oh, we see you're dealing with global warming. Um, here's, 
10,000 liters of this magic spray. All you have to do is these gigantic build. Here's the plans. Build these gigantic spray, spray guns and just spray this mist into the air every day from these gigantic spray cannons. And it's going to repair the ozone layer and cool the earth. Imagine if it was that simple. And then they're just like, yep, see you later. Bye, guys. Bye. <laughs> you can keep doing everything you're doing anyway. It's all good now. <laughs> oh, I mean, wouldn't that just be like life on earth as we know it? That's, that's a uh, <laughs> fucking hell. That'd be, that'd be next level, man. Oh, I better pour myself some, some more whiskey here. We're, we're getting, we're getting <laughs> way off I think you need to contact uh... Netflix with that idea, mate. That's, that's a bit fanciful. <laughs> You only get one season though before they cancel you. Oh yes. Well, conspiracies though. I kind of, I kind of like that uh, idea. We have talked about that sort of shit before in the past, <laughs> haven't we? Oh, hundred percent. I think um, me and Luke spoke about our whiskey night podcasts. Yeah, that's uh, that's in the uh, backlogs of the whiskey night po- podcast <laughs> that never saw the light of day. Yeah. So the first ever episode that we recorded, uh, we, you know, we gave a brief explanation of the of how this podcast came to be and and how the whiskey night podcast was kind of before this, but never got aired. And um, I think that's where these conspiracy theories come come from. <laughs> Although you're not drinking whiskey now, you're drinking sake, but I guess any alcohol will do. Any alcohol sort of gets the job done, I guess. If it's easier to drink as well, the more the merrier, right? <laughs> That's the way, mate. We might have these aliens down to uh, have a drink with us. Could you imagine what type of alcohol aliens would be drinking? Or like not alcohol, <laughs> but what they'd use to get themselves off on? That'd be oh, wow. shit. Imagine if it's the same stuff. Okay, just come down. I got here. You go. Here's a bottle of Kentucky bourbon for you. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we make this Jack Daniels bourbon over there. We've got the same thing. Oh my god! And then all of a sudden, it's like maybe we're both designed by the same alien. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! Now he's getting to like next level alien shit. Par- paradox. Um, have um, you seen by chance? Just because we we're talking about the whole alien crazy <laughs> bullshit. Have you seen the movie Prometheus? No. Oh. Like, Maybe I have, but uh, I've seen Prometheus. It. Explain Prome- it. Prometheus kind of like you know dabbles with that sort of um, uh, that sort of idea. It's pr- it's probably not the best like um, representation of crazy shit because they try and go all you know, like what you were talking about before. You know, ah oh, the uh, the Mayans or some other ancient civilization had like paintings on the wall of these like yeah yeah gods coming down from <laughs> wherever. And then there's this group of like uh, archaeologists or something that are like, oh, I wonder like what, like, you know, what, what is all this shit? And it's set like in 2022 or something. Like it's meant to be set in like the future. So space travel is a thing. Like a, a meant to be like a thing. And in the movie, yeah. they go visit this planet that they reckon is where all of these uh, images of these God figures come from. And then they obviously go there and there's a bunch of crazy shit that happens and people die and it's, it's a great time. But um, it just got, it just reminded me of that because it was like, <laughs> oh yeah, are these people our creators? Are they our gods? What are they? And it just turns out they're just, they're just aliens. They're to, just kind to, of there. To be quite honest, it sounds like you're explaining an episode of Rick and Morty. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking hell. I love that program. Has anyone, have, um, have you seen uh, Rick and Morty? Yeah, yeah, I've seen, what what did I say up to? I think I've seen up to about halfway of season three, is it now? Are they up to season three or four? I think, no, they're four. I've seen four, I've seen all of them, so I think they're four. So for anyone who hasn't seen Rick and Morty, it's kind of like a, 
I would imagine most people have, but it's a, a cartoon Netflix program. Well, did it start on Netflix? Probably not. Uh, I think it's an Adult Swim, isn't it? Adult yeah. Swim. Okay. And it started on... Um... Is it Cartoon Network or something? Cartoon Network or um, Comedy Channel. Mm. It's cooked. The show is cooked. Oh, mate. It, it is, honestly, roll yourself a J, smoke that, and then sit down, chuck on some Rick and Morty, and you'll be in heaven, mate. <laughs> <laughs> the colours that are in that TV show... Yeah, it's it's all it's like a it's like a space wi- uh, uh, sci-fi cartoon that just gets pokes, out of control. <laughs> it pokes fun at so many like things as well, though. It's fucking great. Oh my god, it's just another uh, another sci-fi alien type cartoon that's you know a, a whole host of them now. You know, going back to Ghostbusters and and Men in Black and. Uh, it's, Shit, that goes, that goes all the way back, doesn't it? Well, when was the Ghostbusters? Was the eighties? Eighties, eighties. I think Men in Black is obviously a lot. Um, you know, Will Smith is a lot. Bit more recent. Probably, yeah. You can go even further back to to Star Wars and even Star Trek. Yes. Yeah, oh Trek, yeah. She was even way before that. Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not like anything. Any of this is new. Like like we said in history, it's fucking it's been around forever. These bloody the sightings of UFOs. Yeah. The idea of it's all there. And I think the fascination with it as well is there. Like, people just are kind of curious. They're like, it's cool well, shit. That's the thing. People want to believe. Um, and, like, I, I want to believe that, that, that it's real, that there's something else. And, and the, like, I think it's just in human nature that we, we have this urge to know that we're not the only ones. Okay, yes, we have our Earth and planets, but, like, people want to believe that we're not the only one that we're not alone in this you know whole uh, space and time itself that there's something else out there that is on our level oh they're um 100 it the way i think of it is the chances of like all life existing on our planet among millions of billions or however many fucking planets there are out there the chance that like there's only one, like there's one in like <laughs> fucking billions and millions that has we haven't life. Even, we is, haven't like, even found everything. No, and like I think also the thing where I've had this, like I've brought this up with people, like just in passing sometimes. Mostly a lot of um uh, of our parents' generation age type of people who are really like they don't they don't really get around the whole alien idea, but they'll get around like you know microchip <laughs> microchip vaccines and shit, which is really odd. <laughs> um, uh. Uh, but like anytime you ask, oh, do you reckon that there's aliens out there? Like there's life out, outside of this planet. It's always like, oh no, I don't believe in that bullshit. But when I think of aliens, I don't think of like Martian, uh, what's Marvin the Martian from Looney Tunes. Like, no, no. Like alien life could be as simple as a fucking, like a small thing that's like this big that digs holes or something. Like it's just a living thing that's oh. out there. It's like. Well, there could be an animal who is well that is this big you know 50 centimeters 50 millimeters big that is as smart as we are like we, we you just don't know what what could be out there yeah we base the livability of other universe or other country sorry we country. base the livability of other worlds or planets on us like what happens if there's another living living life out there an animal that actually breathes carbon dioxide and expels oxygen <laughs> 
Fuck, mate. You, you, it, it's who knows? It, it, for all intents and purposes, it's possible. And we could actually live on the same planet because there's oxygen and carbon dioxide in our planet. So, <laughs> mate, when it comes to that sort of shit, the rabbit hole goes fucking deep. <laughs> <laughs> Let's dive ahead first, mate. We're, we're into this deep. We're in for the long haul. Oh fuck! So yeah, the go, go. the possibility that we're the only ones. I mean, just seems so so low. But scientists like have put like numbers and figures to the possibility of of this world and us right now being a simulation. And the the because of the vast expanse of the universe and and all the possibilities, like the the, the chance and percentage of that this is a simulation right now is actually high like it's a high chance that we are in a simulation right now and that there is actually multiple realities where you know nathan's talking right now and i'm not <laughs> Ooh, so like a matrix style sort of shit yeah like this there's, there's numbers and possibilities put to this through science heaps of it it's it's crazy yeah fuck oh fuck if it is a simulation like what can you even do in that sense of the word? Like, does that mean we're even real things or are we like well, AI or are we, what the fuck is it? What does a simulation well, mean? That, that's the thing. I guess it's up for interpretation. <laughs> I, I guess it, the simulation could mean that we're, we're just a, a duplicated reality that was made by something else. Wouldn't that just solve all our problems to know that we're a simulation and none of this actually mattered? Oh. We, all, we all just regenerate again into a different reality. <laughs> oh, like if we knew that, fuck, it'd solve a lot of fucking issues, wouldn't it? Well, I think there, there was a movie that I watched or a TV show where, I think it was a movie, that there was a scientist who proved that um, brain functioning actually happened for a certain period of time after death. And that um then created this sense of yes there is an afterlife so the whole movie was that people were killing themselves because they didn't like their current life but because there was evidence they were going to move on so they were banking on they were banking that if they killed themselves they were then going to be moved on to their next life crazy crazy yeah. crazy crazy so people if you die you die <laughs> Don't go kill yourselves, please. No, I, I, I heavily advise. Do not you. recommend. <laughs> you live in this world, and we make the best of this world and this life. So, um, just just bank on that. When you when you die, you die. Um, don't go looking for other alternative universes or worlds, please. <laughs> That's why it's important to look after the planet we have. Mm, yeah, can't really uh, move on to anything better if we're all dead. Well, they're playing with the idea that we can move to Mars, but the chances of that happening is probably very slim well, in, in I, our I, lifetime. I think about it this way. If we move to Mars, how many people you reckon could effectively move there? Not seven, not, not 7.8 billion. I'll tell you that much. You couldn't get that many. Well, how big is Mars in comparison to Earth? Uh, I think it's slightly bigger, but like you'd have to build enough things and have enough space for 7.8 billion people and this world's getting yeeted like some people are going to get <laughs> well, left behind it's it's not that this world is um not big enough for the amount of people we have the mm. problem is is we all congregate in the same areas 
um, and we're damaging the areas we currently live in and and occupy. But the way that we run this world is also damaging the rest of the world and the places we don't actually, you know, occupy. Yeah. So, like Australia, look at Australia. A large portion of Australia is not um, um, currently occupied, and people don't live there. However, the damage is being done across the whole country, across the whole earth, whether we live there or not. Mm. And something that's really interesting is that glyphosate and the sprays that we put, so glyphosate is a chemical that gets sprayed on our food to prevent it from being eaten by other animals, um, you know, bugs. Um, It's essentially Roundup. I'm sure you've heard of Roundup. Yeah. So the chemicals that get sprayed on our foods is actually contaminating the earth, contaminating animals, contaminating us. It's actually been proven that it causes cancer. Um, uh, I'm pretty sure last year or maybe the year before, um, a guy won a court case that proved that glyphosate um, actually caused his cancer. I'm pretty sure he was paid out like $111 million. Um, the name of the company I'm not a hundred percent sure. I'll get Luke to look up the name of the company. Um, I won't say any, any company's names until I know the exact one, but um, the company that actually produced glyphosate was the one that was sued. But the whole point of this is that the contamination that's happening here, say in, in one certain part of the world, it, it get the, the winds and the earth's actually, it's shown that the the contamination is in countries like say in the Nordic countries, there's contamination in the soil there from glyphosate and these, and the chemicals that we spray over in like mainland Europe, because it gets picked up by the, the clouds in the, in the weather systems and gets spread to, to Greenland and, and, you know, Iceland and all these kind of land masses that don't spray these chemicals at all. They don't even have plantations there that need these chemicals. But if you actually look at the animals and the dirt, they have contamination of these, of these toxins and these poisons. So when we're spraying, like when America and America's a big one is just spraying the shit out of these crops, it's getting blown over to Canada and all the naughty countries and is contaminating the whole earth. The company is called Monsanto. Okay. And the Monsa- product they Monsa- made in 1974 was uh, marketed as Roundup. Roundup. 1974 wasn't earlier than that, like 94 or something like that? Uh, it was initially developed in 1970, and then it was brought to market for agricultural use in 1974. Yeah. Okay. Mon- Monsanto. Um who I think has recently been bought out by a big German company. I'm not a hundred percent sure, but this has been happening since the mid 90, late nineties say, and it's proven. It, this stuff is proven. Ladies and gentlemen, have a look. We are poisoning the earth. <laughs> it is causing you cancer. <laughs> They've actually found uh, micro uh, microplastics within human skin. Like we've actually 
newborn babies are being born with microplastics already embedded in their skin. Yeah. Crazy. Like, I mean, and as I, we talk about this and I make this statement as I drink my whiskey, this is the fault of humans. We like, we like cigars and whiskey. <laughs> what, while we drink, we, we, we drink our whiskey and we smoke our cigars and we eat our poisoned food while, while we make fun of people <laughs> dieting and, and eating healthy. It's like the curse of man. Yeah. I don't understand why, why we do this to ourselves. It's, and it's all, it's all good and fine, I guess, in moderation to indulge in, in these things that poison us. I mean, alcohol is nothing more than a low level toxin, um, which will eventually lead to death and disease. <laughs> yeah. But, if, 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 it, if like consumed in excess, you're fucked. Basically. I mean, I've been, I've gone on a big rant here. Nathan hasn't spoke for a while. No, I've, I've loved it. I'm, I'm enjoying just sitting back and letting you <laughs> but, go. It's great. It's, it's insane that we're as a, as a, there's the human race, you know, on this earth, we're accepting just the damage that we're doing to the earth and ourselves. Everybody who knows me knows that I'm into health and fitness. Um, you know, looking after myself, I like to think I, I look after the environment as much as possible, but then again, I drink alcohol and I smoke cigars and I do put cling wrap over my bread dough that's in my plastic bowl, as mentioned in the first episode, which obviously cling wrap is a terrible, terrible product for the earth. But we all, like most people are it's guilty so hard of not these to things. Do it. it is so hard. We, we've, de- like, I was born into a world, so I was born in 1994. I was born into a world where most of this stuff that's damaging the earth was already invented. I was built, grown up and, and I learned to live in a world where these products were normal and natural. And an interesting stat, which I think Nathan, you can talk to this is that most of the damage done to the earth and to um, climate change, most of the damage has been done in the last 30 years. So we have done like 99.9% of damage to the earth in the last 30 years. Think about how long the earth has been around, has been, has been here for. We've done the most damage in the last 30 years. Sorry, I shouldn't say the most, the most damage. We have done almost all of the damage in the last 30 years. And in the next 30 years, we are going to do, if we keep on this rate, we are going to do more damage in the next 30 years to the point where some of this planet is not going to be inhabitable. There is going to be places in the Middle East and where we live right here in Australia that are going to be uninhabitable. The temperature is going to rise so much. The soil and the earth is going to be unusable. We, it's like we're talking about the year 2050, 2060 here. The Paris Agreement has targets set for the year 2050. And there is 
about five, six countries who are seeing right now to not even have been trying to hit their Paris Agreement. America, China, Russia, Saudi Arabia, uh, Turkey, just among the, the, the few who are completely ignoring their requirements to hit the, the Paris Agreement. And one, one crazy thing to think about is that it actually benefits Russia to keep global warming on the path it's on and heat up the earth because it, be it benefits them because then they're going to have um, temperatures on the lower half of Russia. So the southern part of Russia are going to heat so much that they can actually start planting um, and and farming certain products, or it's not products, I should say, but uh, um, foods that they can't actually plant and farm now. So it benefits them to keep on destroying the rest of the earth. So fuck everybody else. And they're going to keep heating up the earth. So that way there, it benefits them in the future. Like, how's that a big fuck you to everyone else? And everyone's sitting back, you know, down in Australia thinking, oh, global warming doesn't happen. Whereas in 40 years time, we're going to have Russia who have benefited, who the, the north of Russia is going to still be cold. The southern end of Russia is going to be able to plant all the plants that we currently plant now that in 50 years time, we can't plant because everything's fucked here. Like just have, have a think about that, that, you know, if you're talking about world domination uh, and, and taking over, Russia and China are currently probably got that thinking in line. Fuck nuclear warfare and actually going to war. How about just heat the earth up a bit more and most of the countries are going to be fucked and in an uninhabitable and they're going to be reaping the benefits. <laughs> rant over. <laughs> Great rant. I loved it. But it all, it all fucking just comes back to like the only reason that they would want to do that is like you said, oh, the world domination, but it's all about fucking money. Oh, it's, it's all it's all, it's all about, about the, it's all about money even when like you give these countries like all like just overall you give people like ultimatums like all right within 50 years or so we're gonna be fucked like if we don't clean up our acts now we're not gonna survive past probably a hundred years from now we're all fucked like it doesn't matter how much fucking money you've got or you accumulate now it's like we need to do something but a hundred like, years would be fucked. Oh well. Oh yeah. Hundred more, more like a hundred, two hundred years or so. Oh, I don't, I don't see us if we continue on this path at the moment. And like well, I said before, it's so hypocritical as well because like I'm sitting here <laughs> with a fucking a plastic water bottle. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, we can all take the steps, and there is millions of steps. Like I try not to use plastic re uh, um, uh, one use items plastic water bottles. Now I try to use a glass water bottle. I try to use plastic reusable containers and not store food in a bowl with cling wrap over the top. It's they're small. These are very small things that we can all do and they do add up if most people do them, but we, we need the, the help of our governments and, and our countries as a whole. We need governments to put forward the like, you know, to follow the Paris Agreement and, and try to beat that. I, I, was, I was looking the other day at the um, environmental... Um, so, okay, so the 2019 election that happened in Australia, each, each party, major party, so it was mainly focused on 
Liberal, Labor and the Greens. What they were going to do for climate change and the environment. And they had all these topics. And obviously the Greens heavy, heavy on, on um, what they want to do. And um, they're looking at beating the Paris Agreement um, by 10 years. So everything that Australia has agreed to do by 2050, they're looking at hitting them targets by 2040. Um, then Labor kind of leans um, into, into you know, the environment and climate change and doing a little bit. And Liberal, which is currently in government, do fucking nothing. Mm. Okay? They do fucking nothing. There were sections of this document that they didn't even provide comment. Nothing. They just don't even have a strategy for. And I'm not sure if Luke can actually find the document that I was talking about. I Googled something along the lines of Australian political parties, climate change policies. There were sections where the Liberal government do not even have a strategy. They're just fucking ignoring it. Do and they acknowledge it at all? They don't even know. No, well, in this document, they don't even acknowledge it. The, the column is blank. So that they have the topic here. Uh, uh, it may be like, you know, farming and agriculture. Uh, I can't remember exactly. There was, it, was a, it was a fucking 10 pages, this thing. And then it would have the column of Liberal, the column of Labour, the column of the Greens. There would be like four or five paragraphs. Was this the one that you saw, Adam? Bring it up and I'll, and I'll tell you. So there was, and I have a feeling this is the one. So, yeah. So yeah. like there would be four or five paragraphs of what the ALP, the Labour government's going to do you know, probably 10 paragraphs is what the Greens are going to do. And there's sections where Liberal has absolutely nothing. Keep scrolling down, you'll see it. For everyone actually looking you on, on, on YouTube. Clean energy exports, develop a natural hydrogen strategy. That, that, that was their comment on it. And as you can see here, the Greens has got a, a, a fair few, uh, a couple of paragraphs on it. ALP's got something on it. And the Liberal Party has one sentence yeah, that doesn't clearly outline keep going down just develop a strategy scroll scroll, scroll more that i, I want to here you go price on carbon no price on have carbon. a look at this okay what the fuck is this for workers transitions for workers so I, i'm i'm going to assume that this is talking about workers who currently work in mining and um, say coal um, transitioning over to something to do with a renewable energy. The, the, <laughs> the Liberal government say no plan. They don't have a plan for it. They're not acknowledging it. It's they fucking, got, it's no, a joke. There's no plan for it because they don't intend to get workers out of those fields. They don't I've taken a peek at the next one. I think, uh, Nathan, this one will concern you a little bit more. <laughs> Let's see it. <laughs> oh, yeah, here we go. Perfect. Nothing. Great Barrier Reef. Nothing. There, there's nothing nothing look okay i we, we're going to stay back on that great barrier reef um um section there so part of this adam kochi podcast is we're going to segment the podcasts into adam kochi podcast clips similar to other podcasts that do it um most notably the joe rogan podcast how he has jre clips but if we were going to take a clip from this, let's, let's have a look at, at this. The Great Barrier Reef, one of the seven wonders of the world, 
We're talking about environment and, and sustainability. The Great Barrier Reef is one of the natural wonders of the world and, and a treasure of Australia. The, lay, uh, the Liberal Party, LNP, do not have a plan for it. Their column is blank. Nothing. They don't even acknowledge it. It's crazy that our current government doesn't acknowledge that there is an issue with the Great Barrier Reef and that we need to actually do something to stop it from being destroyed. It's mind a fucking you, joke. Mind you as well that most of the country voted for them to be in power in the position they are now. Purely based on the fact that they were going to continue with coal mining and the mining over in Western Australia. It's, it's mm. fucking ridiculous. So let's see what the ALP says. The ALP, Labor Party, $30 million announced for Reef Headquarters, an international standard research innovation education facility. Okay, so they're pledging $30 million. The Greens, who are obviously heavily on the environmental side, their statement is boost clean energy and ban new coal and gas, including stopping Adani coal mine, $90 million extra funding for the Great Barrier Reef Marine Park Authority and the Australian Institute of Marine Science. And then it says for more information about additional measures proposed, refer to Greens, protecting your environment policy document. And so there's a link, obviously, when you click on that. Um, Luke's so they've, got, up now. They've, got, they've got more than more than their paragraphs on it. They've got, you are. So they're actually referencing a, a whole other document and a whole a whole other web page where what they're actually proposing to do to prevent more damage occurring. Our current government has nothing. <laughs> it's fucked. They don't this give, is the shit that look, at, look at below that as well, where it says climate change related institutions. institutions. This is fucked. Nothing. This is a document from last year. My camera's gone dead. Luke, I'm going to have to ask you to keep talking. Yeah, this is a this is a document from uh, from last year. Was it last year? Or was it 2018? No, May 2019. Climate Council of Australia, and. As you can see, there's some further readings here, but this is their, their dot point summaries of what everybody's doing. Even just the first one, emissions target. Now, Australia's target is, is this for the Paris Agreement. I think it's 75% by the year 2080, uh, by the year 2050. And to have net zero emissions, which would mean that we have to reduce it by about 75%. They want to have that by 2040 and be in negative or zero by 2040. And by 2030, <laughs> they want it to drop by 25%. 25%. So then they're hoping within that 10 years before their uh, Paris Agreement, or 20 years before 2050, that they're going to what? They're, they're going to halve it. <laughs> they're going to halve it within, within 20 years. Mm. After, you know, 2030, which is 10 years, they want to reduce it by 25%. Possible, but not, not great. Mm. They said, yeah. reach a net zero by 2050, which is the same as the ALP. Greens want to do it by no later than 2040. 
Yeah, so the 2040 is what I was saying is that they want to beat the Paris Agreement that Australia has. Well, I mean, lots of countries have agreed to do things by the year 2050, whereas the Greens want to do things by 2040. Yeah. It's crazy. If we go go to the next one down, renewable energies, 50% renewable energies by 2030 for Labor, 100% renewable energies by 2030 for the Greens. And where, where did... Where's LNP? Oh, here we go. Small scale renewable energy schemes. Scheme expires in 2030. They, they haven't really given you a, a, a overall date of when they want to be renewable. They've given you small schemes, and this is for individuals and businesses to install their own renewable energies, but nothing that the government is subsidizing any renewable energies they want to have three here we go three hundred thirty three thousand gigawatt hours to become renewable by 2020 uh i believe we're nowhere near hitting that at the moment no we wouldn't be it's a fucking joke the stuff that's been put in place and we've got what three more years of this government but in three more years we're going to be in the year 2023 that's seven years to 2030 where, where scientists predict that we're actually going to start seeing irreversible, major irreversible damage to our earth. Oh, here we go. Look at coal. No coal. plans to coal. phase out coal. This is fucked, okay? <laughs> coal is obviously one of the major um, exports of Australia. And we have huge coal mines. We, we make lots of money from it. Our economy is based off it. But... With, with the science that he's provided with us today, we need to obviously start scaling that back. And for the LNP to blatantly have, and it's, I quote, no plans to phase out coal. There are no plans. We're in the year 2020. We are fucking 20 years away from, you know, 20, 30 years away from huge irreversible damage to the earth and our national government has no plans to phase out coal. Are they, are they trying to heat the earth more and uh, no, uh, aid Russia in, in taking over? <laughs> what the fuck? It's, it's, that, it's, it's just a matter of they don't care. It's based, based on, like, the Liberal Party by the looks of it. It's all based on um, the economy and money. Like, it's, it's no... There's, there's no other sort of thing that takes precedence over that. Like, if the economy, if, if it benefits the economy, it's like, that's it. It, it doesn't fucking matter to them. It's like, look at this. No, as you said, no plans to phase out coal. Well, yeah, it, if, you can... you look, if you look further down, it says federal approvals for the Adani Carmichael coal mine. The LNP proposed a $1 billion subsidy to Adani for the North Australian... So they're actually giving money to Adani, $1 billion to be exact, to construct the mine. I I can... I can understand that people need jobs, especially in in the time that we're in now with the COVID-19 coronavirus. But unfortunately, we can't continue on this path. Um, coal mining is just something that's not going to be sustainable forever, let alone something that we can continue with for, you know, for the next 50 years. And to blatantly ignore that 
for the lifetime of, of individuals that are, that are alive now to say that because they're going to be dead or not around to see the destruction that, you know, they're doing now is not acceptable. No, I'm sorry. Um, we are going to not try to save our planet and the, and, and our species because you want to benefit yourself right here and now. I mean, I'm not talking about people living um, shitty lives and people losing their jobs and being broke. And I'm probably, look, everything we've said, we're going to, we're going to cop flack for, I have no doubt. If we put this out on the internet, there's going to be people who, who are going to have things to say, but there has to be strategies put in place by our governments to help re-educate people who are in fields that need to be phased out. It's just that simple. We need to move away from unsustainable resources um, and all of the industries that are involved in that. And we need to start moving towards renewable energies. And maybe the best way to deal with that is to train people that are in them industries for new industries. Um, and I, I think there's strategies in place that I think Luke, you were mentioning the other day that there would be a, a tax on the companies who were doing the renewables to pay workers from non-renewable energy companies. So like from coal, that if they are not being um, retrained into a new field of a renewable energy, that the tax, the higher tax taken from the renewable um, energy companies, a certain percentage of that higher tax would then go to pay a base wage or salary or some sort of income to the people that lost their jobs who were working yeah. in non-renewable. Is that correct? So, so it's a big topic at the moment in America, um, the, the notion of a universal income with the with an automation of a many jobs almost becoming inevitable at this point and you know uh, certain fields of work just 110 percent being phased out they're saying what will happen to these people when their work will inevitably get phased out because most of the work that does get phased out by robots will be heavy labor intensive jobs whether it be you know we don't know in another 10 years if we'll need truck drivers because by that time, Tesla might have devised a self-driving car and we just put the trucks on the road and they get to their destination and we unload them and then they punch in the next coordinates and the truck drives off in the, in the, in its uh, next route. So they're saying that um, it's a big thing in America at the moment of this uh, universal income. And they're saying that the companies that do automate these jobs shouldn't turn around and not be held accountable for the workers that they're putting out of a job. So they're saying that the, these companies that are going into automations will have to pay a certain percentage of tax that then gets put forward, that uh, gets unpaid to all these workers that are now out of work because their industry has been automated, which uh, coal mining and many other, you know, uh, 
mining and uh, kind of oil drilling, if we switch to renewables, inevitably we'll get kind of phased out, not due to automation, due to, you know, a kind of different thinking and a different way of producing our energy. But yes, there is the argument that people are saying that, you know, well, these renewable energy companies should then be liable for, uh, for the, for the mining companies who are going out of, out of business to then pay these workers who, you know, some, some of these mining people in mining, uh, in mining companies, are, you know, could be 50 years old and what we're going to expect the 50 year old to retrain and get another job as, as, uh, in another field. It's like, that's, that's really unrealistic. And at that point, they're probably not going to be yet to the stage of retirement. So what, what are they left to do? Yeah, I mean, all of this stuff that is happening is is happening so fast that it's within generational timelines. Like it's within people's lifetimes. Everyone's living longer these days. You know, you, uh, um, the average lifespan for an Australian, um, off the top of my head, is seventy nine. For or, or actually, I think it's in the eighties. Sorry, I think it's early 80s for a male and you know mid 80s for a female it might be like 83 and, and 85 for females i think it's the inverse of that i think it's higher for the male uh higher for the females and lower yeah, for yeah. The males. higher for the females higher currently females. currently estimated by the un that the average life expectancy of an australian is 83 and a half years yeah and i think if you break that down to genders i'm pretty sure it's like 81, 80, I might have been right by saying 79 males and maybe 84 females. That, that could work out right. Something like that. Anyhow, the point is, is that we're, we're all living longer and we, only, we are only going to live longer. So all of this stuff is happening within people's lifetimes. So we have the ability to change these things. And it makes it difficult because people are working longer, are healthier for longer. And the work that you um, started when you were 20 years old, you know, coal mining is something that you cannot then do when you're at the age of 35, 40, because the developments in technology and the world and what we know from, you know, when you're the age of 50, 60 years old, you may still be working because you're healthy you need to retrain yourself and we need strategies like this. So coming from, uh, um, for, for you, Nathan, an evolution, uh, point of view, someone who actually studied evolution itself, um, and, you know, science, you know, in terms of all, all animals on earth and biodiversity, I think he's frozen at the moment cause he's not moving, but, I would, I would imagine that looking at the evolution of, of the world and the way we are now, things are just completely out of whack. We're, we're not on track to, to sustain ourselves on the top of the food chain. Not that, not that I think we're ever going to drop oh, out. You just really shit itself, though. All right, you're back. <laughs> you're back i was going down a, a deep deep hole mate i was saying how we're uh we're all just going to perish in a burning fiery blaze of, of planet Earth. <laughs> um, 
as uh, you were saying, it was trying to incorporate like evolution. I'm just saying, like along along the terms of of evolution, I think we've kind of thrown things way off whack. I mean, you, you studied evolution. Uh, um, it's, it's more so the fact that generally evolution takes. I think there's a very big misconception with how quickly it actually, like evolution, actually happens, and that it can happen in the span of a hundred years or so. But in reality, evolution takes thousands of years at a time at some points. It's all based down to um, mutations, which are random, completely randomly generated. So evolution happens randomly, if that makes sense. Ra but randomly in the fact that um, animals will develop mutations that based better, better on better or no, no, no. So they they either develop something that's better suited or worse suited. Okay, that's interesting to think about. Okay, so now that you're saying that, so mutations are random. So yes. if you've got a mutation that benefits the uh, species and a mutation mm -hmm. that doesn't benefit the species, yes, obviously the mutation that benefits the species. Is going to mean that that species that that, that side of, of the species with that mutation in is eventually going to grow in population massively, and the, the mutation that doesn't benefit it is going to die out, and then it's going to to grow on one side of that species of the mutation, which then will become the norm. Yeah, basically, it easiest easiest um, sort of example I can give to you is let's just say for example giraffes. Uh, let's say giraffes, like however they must have evolved, we're not all sure. Um, there was originally the first theory of how evolution worked was that animals could willfully change their like, like with the the idea of the giraffe. There was the theory that if a giraffe was too short to reach a branch, it would simply grow a longer neck. It would just do that, like. It would just kind of be like, I can't reach, I'm just going to grow a longer neck. And that was it. Like, that was the idea. And then eventually, a lot of people sort of just came to the conclusion that that's pretty ludicrous. Like, that makes no sense whatsoever. Like, if that were the case, fuck, we could do whatever the hell we wanted. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if I wanted to do something, I'd just do it. But it came down to the idea that, let's say that giraffes lived in an environment that most of the nutrition that they were gaining were from trees that were high branching. So a mutation occurs, say that gives um, one giraffe an exceptionally long neck, like more so than every other species. And this giraffe is obviously the one that's going to be getting all the nutrients from the top of the trees. And it'll be successful, which means it will mate with other giraffes, which will pass along that preferable mutation to the next generation. Eventually, over time, it sort of spreads, spreads, spreads to the point where most giraffes that are either born with longer necks because they're more suited to their environment, or if they're still non-desirable, they can't reach, they die. Okay. It's like, what I just said there is really sort of fucking just off the top of my head from what I can remember. But the idea of it is, it's... Mutation happens completely at random. It can help you or it can hinder. Generally, if it's helpful, it'll be passed on to the next generation because 
that organism is benefiting from its mutation as opposed to the opposite. Yeah, that's really interesting. I, I, I never knew that. I, th I just thought that mutations, and I would assume most people would have, have thought along these lines, that mutations occurred to benefit, and they only occurred to benefit the species. Um, Whereas it's more that mutations always occur whether they benefit or don't, but generally the mutations are um, bred out. Um, well, the idea that I think you're, it's kind of correct to assume that like the idea of mutations being positive, mainly due to the fact that the positive mutations are the ones that are most well like known, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah. Or like they, they, they benefit us, whereas the the mutations that hinder generally prefer to be left in like you know history with whoever like whatever happens with mm. animals that couldn't um but interesting that you say that because humans themselves today have completely thrown this out of fucking whack for example because of as you said before the age that we grow to we grow to a lot of we grow to a lot older than we would have in the past. Healthcare, mm -hmm. as far as medicine and um, accessibility that we have, and generally, you, you can't really say this without pissing people off. But we kind of read, regardless of hindrances. Let's say, if that makes yeah. sense. Mm -hmm. So somebody also used. Uh, an example in my case, I've got like Brazil nut allergies, for example. Yeah. Completely random, stupid ass, bloody uh, allergic reaction. But it's basically a fault in my immune system that thinks a certain object is dangerous and you know causes my body to go into you know anaphylactic shock. Let's say we take that with people who have nut allergies today. We have precautions to save people. In the unfortunate instance that they find themselves in anaphylactic attack mm -hmm. generally if you're speaking evolutionarily if an like any species doesn't matter what it is has something like a default a deformity or like like a something that hinders their survival in any way they die yeah if that makes sense yeah like, there, there was no epipens for like people hundreds of years ago, if they ever developed allergies. If somebody swallowed something, they fucking died from it. Like that was it. But in that case, they wouldn't pass that on genetically. Yeah. Whereas <clears throat> today just you, say, can, you can. Like, yeah. So just say that there was a, a, a new type of uh, mutation or, or allergy that has um, developed, we would definitely be passing that on because of modern technology. And I think we can all agree, especially um, I've definitely heard my mum my and dad, my, my parents say this, that there is allergies that are so prevalent now that they didn't hear of as much as when they were a kid. Mm. And I think that can be... Yeah, like you said, kind of put down to 
obviously the numbers are growing because people aren't dying from these allergies or these symptoms, these, these occurrences because technology has gotten us to a place where no one really needs to die. I mean, you, know, you can put people on a, a life support and, and they, they, they don't die. It's, and I feel like it also comes down to education about it as well. Like with a lot of people these days having um, food intolerances, like you talk about like say um, gluten intolerant or glucose intolerant, fructose intolerant, stuff like that. And people say, oh, we didn't have this, you know, 20, 30 years ago. Chances are most like people did have it. They were just had no idea that they did, for example. And the thing with intolerance is it doesn't necessarily kill you. It just, like, it affects you, like, it's uncomfortable. Mm. So say if I was born 40 years ago or something and I had um, an intolerance to, let's say, I don't know, gluten, I'd still have to eat bread because there's no such thing as gluten-free. The yeah. only thing that would be going through my head is every time I eat bread, fuck, I just feel sick. <laughs> it's like, oh, I'll, I'll just, you know, do something else and I'll be fine. It's like... Whereas these days we can test for stuff like that and say, oh, your body doesn't break down this specific thing. You should stay away from eating it. Yeah, I guess now people are, are, are way more um, aware of, of the things that cause them uh, difficulties with, yeah. their, with their body and, and they're staying away from, from you know, gluten and things like that. And also by choice, like... A vegan and vegetarian diets have mm. increased dramatically. Um, not to say that um, a vegan or vegetarian diet is bad. Like vegan may be probably a bit too extreme. You know, we, we that's just human nature. We have a far left and a far right of everything, and I think vegan is probably a far right. Um, of the of the whole you know don't eat meat don't eat animal products you know uh, conversation vegetarian i think is probably you know the probably correct way to to be doing things um i'd agree and uh, this is coming from two I'm, people who um i'd say at least we've indulged in oh, i love like i've loved meat in the past like i'll eat anything really when it comes to that yeah i'll probably like i'll probably get grilled by many people I'll, I'll try not to read the comments or my inboxes from angry vegans or vegetarians <laughs> um but I've, look i have done um vegetarian before and it, it was it was good i just think that for humans and the way we are and the way we've developed, I think a, a certain amount of, of meat products is necessary for, for health. Um, and probably me and my family, and I've probably been the driver of this because I'm the one that is most into health and, and fitness, that our family is eating less meat, red meat specifically, um, you know, for, for, for many years now. We might have red meat once every 10 days. We probably have chicken twice every 10 days. We'll have fish two to three times every 10 days. You know, you, you're talking, it's not like it's a once a week thing. We're talking oh, 10 days, a week and a half, every two weeks we might have it. Um, and a lot of our meals are vegetarian. I'm not sure if, if you can speak to this, Nathan, but 
you know, in, in our house, Italian diet and food, a lot of it is a peasant diet. It's a lot of vegetables. We will have peas and rice. Okay. We call it pasta pazelli, peas mm. and rice, or we have pasta ceci, chickpeas and rice or, or pasta as, mm. as you say in the name. Uh, uh, what's, a, what's another one? You know, they had uh, tomatoes and stale bread. Yeah, yeah. Just, I mean, it's it's ingrained in our culture, and it probably goes to show that the Western diet is fucked, mm. and everybody knows that. Bloody Americans. <laughs> meat is not something you eat every day. Red meat. You don't eat chicken every day. You don't eat fish every day. You know, fish. You know, if you're talking a seven day period, fish three times a week, chicken once a week, maybe red meat once a once week, once every, weeks, once every two weeks. Mm. And you're, you're eating mainly vegetables, you know, and whole vegetable meals, like a lunch, you know, a lunch is all vegetarian. A dinner may be all vegetarian or, or veg and fish. And that might be three times a week, you know, and you're only having that steak or whatever red meat it is. If you're in, if you're in Europe, it's usually goat. Um, which is a, a, a probably a much better meat to eat than beef. Beef is fucking shit for you. If you didn't know that, I'm telling you now, beef is fucking shit for you. Um, so, so <laughs> pretty aggressive there, Adam. Well, it's it's only the truth. Um, lean meats are, are better for you. The leading cause of disease in this country and most countries is fucking red meat and animal fats and beef has a lot of animal fats and a nice marbled red meat uh, beef steak is a fucking sick animal that has way too much fat than it needs to have. And you are paying overpriced for, you know, it's fucking $40 for a fucking steak at a high priced restaurant in the city. You need to have a good look at yourself and think, what the fuck am I doing? Because it's not good for you. It's all right every now and then, I guess, because like I said, we're humans and we're, we, we like fucking whiskey and cigars and we're all, we're all fucking flawed in our thinking. But if we could all just stop doing it, it would be great. Hmm. <laughs> Ideally, like realistically, <laughs> if the population 80 to 85% vegetarian diet, yeah, you'd find that most people, I feel, would be better, feel better about themselves, and you'd also be doing so much more for, like, this just comes all the way back around to our original topic about climate change and helping the environment. Oh, it because, just circles back. Because the the meat industry or the amount of space and resources and the amount of like just effects from how much meat we consume is astronomical. It's like ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. It's blatantly um, ignorant. Mm. We, we can't sustain this. The, the amount of um, land that uh, we demand so when you want to eat a steak, that the land and resources that it took to produce that steak is fucking astronomical. If you didn't realize, I'm not saying that everybody needs to just fucking jump on a vegetarian diet straight away and not eat any meat ever again, but 
you need to take into consideration that one, it's going to benefit you to not eat meat so often, but it's also going to benefit the world and your kids and your kids' kids. And we're hopefully going to create a generations to come of a fucking better world. <laughs> That's the idea at least. Um, coming from, you know, a, a European background, I guess Europeans generally don't eat as much meat as Western culture, which would be, you know, the American modern day Australia, you know, culture. There's still many places in the world where a fucking standard dinner for them is rice and beans. Mm. We all need to get on board with that rice and beans. <laughs> rice and beans make it. <laughs> yeah. I, I guess it's, it's a very, very large topic in, Hopefully I get some people on here who can talk about that from a, um, a professional point of view, but because we're just, I guess, you know, speculating and, and, and talking from, you know, just general knowledge that we've seen and experienced in our lives. But yeah, I mean, I really look, honestly, I, I've, I've got you on this podcast to, to talk about most of this stuff because I know you studied it and you're, you're interested in, in a lot of it. So mm. Um, yeah, actually going back to a point you made earlier um, about how most people don't recognise mutations as bad these days. Mm. Um, Haemophilia is a mutation that causes, that uh, doesn't cause blood to clot. So you continuously bleed. Oh, okay. So that's a mutation in your genes. Haemophilia. Haemophilia. So have you, have you heard of like haemophiliacs where... Yeah, I think I had friends that were... Um, yes, we know people he like that. Hemophiliac. So, that's, so that's when you cut yourself or, say, or you get a blood nose and you don't clot and you just bleed. In a general sense, it's, yeah, it's a mutation that stops blood from clot. Like your body doesn't produce blood clots. And that's a, a mutation that has occurred for who knows how many years that for all we know could have yeah. been a recent and one or a, like an older one it's just mm. one of those things but we have the technology like to prevent it from being yeah. an issue oh we just have the technology to help those who are suffering from a, with an, a better standard of life but it's just something like because you brought it up before like not many people know oh, that mutations are particularly bad but most people would know oh hemophilia is a bad thing to have like you'd feel bad for somebody who struggles with it but that's a mutation and it's a, it's a negative one. Yeah. It's definitely a negative um, mutation. I mean, if you, if you don't clot when you bleed, mm. that's a big issue. Very much so. We see a lot of negative mutations that in the, in the natural environment would be a very negative mutation. But, you know, we, we, we see it in pets that we have. Like, not oh. only is it <laughs> dogs and cats, but if you look in, in the reptile trade, I mean, uh, albino and, um, and kind of leucistic animals are a, a craze to have. And to get a really nice looking snake, you know, a really nice looking albino snake. But you take that snake or that uh, blue tongue lizard or that iguana and you put it in the wild and it doesn't have a very long lifespan because it stands out so much in its environment, but that is something that is selectively bred to be valuable and, and that something that we want in these animals. Do you know what that's uh, technically called, Luke? 
these days? Albine, leucistic. Um, no, the, the process of it. It's genetic modification. Yeah, GMO. Mm. Yes. Which is something that a lot of people are very fucking weird about. But a lot of people are weird about, but don't know exactly what it entails. Our, our entire society today, as far as everything we consume, is genetically modified because we've, in history, only chosen to breed the biggest, say, tomatoes. So if we get a small one, we don't fucking use those seeds, so we get rid of it. We're selectively breeding what we want. It's been genetic... In a way, it's genetically modified because we've chosen the genes that we want to persist in the next generation. And, and that goes, genetic okay. modification is essentially us speeding up evolution. And in a positive or negative sense, you talk about dogs, dog breeds are the biggest uh the biggest area that you can sort of fall under all these fucking issues because <laughs> you gotta uh, just look at a pug a pug is not a healthy creature it's it's can't fucking breathe <laughs> it can't fucking breathe and one of the issues um that a lot of dogs nowadays funny uh, not a funny thing but something you might not know about dog breeds is a lot of purebreds, as far as non-mixer, like you've got your purebred German Shepherds, for example, are at a higher chance of being, or coming from um, inbred gene pools. And that's, and that causes, like, issues. Like, we all, like, most people are pretty aware that, uh, you know, there's the whole joke about, oh, yeah, don't fuck your cousin, otherwise a kid will have three eyes or something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but with dogs... People have been breeding, like, related individuals because they want the perfect-looking German Shepherd, for example. And it's caused issues along the way. Um, so if you're, in the, if you're in the market of getting a dog, um, always go for the pound, I'd say, because, you know, that's always a better option. But know that mixed breeds are healthier in a sense that they cause less damage to the individual dog themselves. And a lot of people are in the market for a dog at the moment because of, uh, you know, COVID-19 and isolation. So if you are looking for a dog, um, yeah, like a purebred is probably never the best option because like, like Nathan just said, it's going to have genetic defects that is just not healthy for the dog. Go, go adopt a dog from the pound or, or the animal rescue and, and actually give a dog a, a chance that may otherwise be put down. So it's, it's the best way to do things. You know, you get, get a mixed breed or go to the pound and adopt the dog. Mm. And the idea of it is that, you know, these are the dogs that have better standards of living because they're you know, ailments, um, which is unfortunate for a lot of purebreds. Um, one of the things, if you ever notice about German Shepherds, um, they're the lower back arches. Yep. Yeah, and they sort of, as they get older, sort of, you can see how their back legs kind of, like their, their, their backs curl inwards, kind of, and it's less like a, like the dog's like that, and it's more... Yeah. Yeah. That's a spinal defect. That's really? Been, that's been bred specifically for that look. Really? Though so, you think it was done intentionally? Well, moosters or most dogs that are bred for 
like, you know, oh, we like this dog because it looks like this. It's never about how it actually functions. Um, if you've got an image of a German Shepherd with a really sort of, you can tell, their backs, yeah. So Luke's you can see got it up there, now. They, they kind of arch around towards the tail end. Like they're not horizontal. Their backs. Yeah, um, I can see that, yeah. Um, and from, from what I remember, if I'm if I'm correct, that most of these traits were sort of bred because of the just the fact that it's desirable to look at. Yeah, for humans, it's aesthetically for humans. pleasing. Yeah, it, I mean, it's like it's just a really messed up concept because you think if you did this with humans, you'd be a fucking a monster, wouldn't you? Well, they are they are doing it though. That's the thing. There is testing going on around the world where. You could actually choose the sex of your child. You can choose whether it's got blonde hair, blue eyes, uh, you know, if it's going to be tall, short. Um, you can actually choose these these things now. Um, and it's all genetic modifications. Mm. It's something that most countries are unsure whether to actually make illegal. I'm not sure it's really a negative thing if it's done in that sense. But it just comes down to personal, the way you look at it. To at the at the moment, it's legal in a few countries to screen embryos for uh, uh, major ge genetic defects. And uh, so the, they're screening kids for things like uh, Down syndrome or, uh, or uh, any kind of uh, uh, genetic disorders or um, yeah, uh, blood diseases. So things that they can track from an embryonic level, they're, um, they're, screening for all and you know they're advising people you know we, we we don't advise that you take these ones but you know there is a uh, there is the possibility of screening that oh we believe that this uh, embryo here will be a male ranging between this height and this height with this color hair i don't think they're quite sure that they'll be able to get it a hundred percent accurate but for major genetic uh, disorders and, and, and defects, they're, uh, they're able to screen for it on embryonic levels at the moment. Okay. So they're making massive um, leaps in, in, I guess, genetic testings to see if there's things that we don't want to have, you know, popping up in the future, which would kind of replace vaccines, I guess. I don't know. It would be possible to make people immune to certain diseases that... Not at a genetic level. So vaccines... Um, vaccines aren't per se cures, if that makes sense. Um, yeah. I'll give, you, I'll give you a perfect example. What everybody's getting up in arms about now, about the COVID vaccine... Let's just take away all the other shit about it. Let's say that we have the vaccine at the moment. Let's say I contract it and you don't. That vaccine will work for you. Mm -hmm. But it's not a cure. Vaccines don't cure a disease. They're a preemptive measure. So that you, like that you won't get it, if that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's specific to the individual that has the vaccine. Yeah, so vaccines are always given as a preemptive. 
they're always, you take the vaccine so that you don't catch it. If you catch it, then then obviously you don't take the vaccine. You take, if it's available, cures or like, you know, anything that will help it. Um, going back to your thing saying, how will it replace vaccines? I don't see that ever happening because genetic um, disorders and stuff, things that are determined by your genes. And mm. at a base level, your chromosomes and all that other sort of really in-depth stuff um, that you don't really have much say over once it's yeah. sort of set. Once you've, you know, I'm an adult now, I can't alter in any way, shape or form my uh, allergy to Brazil nuts. Like I can't take a vaccine and I'll be fine and eat Brazil nuts. It's just... Yeah, just don't eat them. I just can't, <laughs> I just can't do it. But um, the idea that you can sort of uh, screen for these disorders and things before... Um, you know, during the embryonic stage, I feel it's a very a, more of a positive thing because you can, I don't know, it's it's positive for individuals as far as quality of life. If you can, mm. if you can change that before, you know, it gets to a point where it it's too late to go back. Shouldn't we all kind of, you know, be more aware of it? Yeah. Yeah, I guess I guess if technology advances that far, then you know we we should be able to prevent a lot of these things from happening. Mm. But I guess we have to survive World War Three first, and and the demise of our of our continent and and I'll, well, the I'll world. I tell you what, I reckon if World War Three happened, it would probably do. Ah. Oh. <laughs> You cannot cut out during we that sentence, my friend. Oh, well, I think we're back. <laughs> the, the government has actually cut Nathan off right now, mid-sentence about World War Three and the what's going to happen. The shut off his internet. Oh, my God. So, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, with the inevitable election coming up in a month's time in the United States of America... We are going to see a civil war that will undoubtedly lead to World War Three. Nathan, are you back? Ah, <laughs> uh, yeah, just having a little issue with you. Yeah. <laughs> if you can remember where you so were, something at, about World continue. War Three. Please uh, continue. I'd say that if a World War Three did happen, <laughs> the planet overall would probably benefit from it. And that's to the, us. <laughs> that's all the time we have for this. No, no, really, really. <laughs> Explain why? Why would the planet benefit from a World War Three? Because in this day and age, what what is how would World War Three be for? Well, probably nuclear. It would sort of just wipe us all out at once instead of dragging it out over hundreds of years. Oh, okay, yeah. Well, I mean, this probably isn't something to joke about because it's not. Uh, but it's it's sort of a thing that you think. Well, if we're already heading that way. If we're gonna like we were talking about earlier 50 60 100 years from now it's going to be uninhabitable just by our own sense yeah you know <laughs> well we we are we are in interesting times in the world so the government the united states government is going to be going to an election in a month's time roughly a month november at some point i can't remember the exact date 
um, but because obviously the world is obsessed with America um, and they don't give a fuck about Australia, just so everyone knows. You shit on America a lot in this. Uh, well, you better make sure they don't fuck, fuck them. <laughs> fuck Trump. So, <laughs> probably going to get hate mail for that. Yeah, so, probably. how can you um, say something so controversial yet so brave? I don't know. Fuck Trump. <laughs> about fuck Biden. The, guy, the cunt's got dementia. Anyway, <laughs> I don't care because it's not our country. It's just the country that probably keeps Australia fucking alive from getting taken over by China. However, what I was saying, America going to, um, and this is something that a lot of people probably need to come to grips with. <laughs> I explained it to my mom the other day. And she was like, oh, it is possible. Oh, my God. So America is going to probably going to civil war in a month's fucking time when the election gets voted and counted. Um, no matter who, who wins, there's probably going to be a civil war. Probably more so if Biden wins because it doesn't seem like Trump's going to just give up power that easily. Um, so if that's the case, and they're already in fucking civil war in most places of that country, um, you know, just look at Oregon. Um, they're, they've had like 140 days straight of protests, burning buildings. Um, if it does, if the country does go into civil war, what's stopping China or, or, or Russia, uh, or one of the other Iran, Turkey, what's stopping one of them countries from saying, Hey, this is a good opportunity to move into America. Um, and if one of the countries do do that, most likely Russia or China, um, like the, the, it's going to lead to an eventual World War Three, uh, which isn't going to be good for anybody. So the way I explained it and I put it into perspective for people who don't really understand the last, what, 20 years, Nathan, you can chime in at any point. Mm -hmm. The last 20 years, America have been, in the Middle East, dealing with, hang on, I have to put the mic down for this, dealing with rogue militia groups, quotation marks. There's another word they use for it, isn't it? It's a very um, popular word, but like... What, ISIS? <laughs> Terrorists. Terrorists. Well, I mean... We'll just divert for a second, but it, I mean, a terrorist organization and being deemed terrorist is something that any government can really do. And it's just an organization that the government doesn't fucking agree with. So like Antifa in America is currently classified as a terrorist organization. Donald Trump did that. You can fucking... Technically, a terrorist organization is also any, any like organization the act of terrorism is using violence as a means to like pull your point across or get yeah. a message across. So you could use yeah. any sort of sense. But you use any government or any military in that sense. But it's just hmm. sort of become a a general yeah. word that most people just throw around and use as a oh. If I, yeah, yeah. I, I don't want to get too far off topic but from what would specifically what i was talking about but a, a terrorism was actually invented by fucking the irish and um luke can google this 
look up like uh, um i can't remember the exact uh, um name of it but the the irish people invented terrorism um like a militia group um so while he's looking that up um i'll just continue but so america's been over in the middle east dealing with terrorist groups militia militia groups dealing dealing with them you know any groups who are going against the governments over there they felt that it was their responsibility to be the world police to invade countries uh, where the government was seen as unstable treating their civilians incorrectly and pretty much backing militant groups who were trying to overthrow the government now the first uh, act of modern terrorism terrorism was by the ira in northern ireland and yeah what, what does it stand for ira is the irish republican army okay so just to divert very slightly ira invented terrorism basically not to say that modern terrorism yeah, yeah i was just about to say that not to say that terrorist or terrorism <laughs> hasn't been going on i mean if you look back way 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 back to the assyrian empire they were they were um going to war with their enemies ki killing their enemies um taking the the young and the women as slaves and then as a show of power we're, we're putting the heads of the you know royal families and the high ranking officials of the opposition putting their heads on spikes um that's terrorism you're terrorizing the opposition of to whoever you are so it's been happening for a long period of time modern terrorism the ira the irish uh, irish military is that correct luke irish so they're, they're not they're the irish republican army so they're not, irish republican. they're not oh, yeah. a, a official they're not an official military group They've named themselves the Republican Army because they wanted Northern Ireland to be separate from the United Kingdom, I believe, or one of the one of the islands yeah. wanted to be separate. I mean, that that's a whole another conversation, Kingdom. but I just wanted to use the the example that the, the modern terrorism was not is not ISIS in the Middle East and Al Qaeda. It's, it was developed in Ireland and the IRA. And then that has obviously uh, morphed and warped into what we currently know and most of the world would know, especially in Western culture in Australia, is that the Al-Qaeda and ISIS and, you know, uh, the 9-11 Twin Towers uh, plane bomb and crash and bombs and that is modern terrorism. America has been heavily involved in the Middle East in, in all of that. Now, fast forward to 2020. Here is the... Uh, the big catch what happens if america enters civil war in the year 2020 because biden wins the election and trump won't give up power america goes to civil war what the fuck is stopping iran or turkey or russia or china or saudi arabia or any of these countries saying hmm we're now going to be the world police and we don't agree with what's happening in america and we're going to now send troops over there and reinstate, uh, you know, civility in the country by confirming that Biden actually won and kicking Trump out and, and stopping the civil war. Like, fuck me. If you don't think that's possible, you better fucking check yourself before you wreck yourself. 
It's uh, it could only lead to a world war, and Australia is unfortunately going to be in the fucking forefront of it. <laughs> when you put it like that, it's yeah, it's just the inverse of what's happened in the past, really, isn't it? Well, it's the uh, I wouldn't say ignorance, but some people disregard history. History fucking repeats itself, and unfortunately, it, it is only a matter of time, probably before we enter into such a conflict again, whether we um, resolve the conflict peacefully. I mean, you can have a world war. It's called a cold war. If you didn't know a cold war can happen where it's a war between countries that doesn't resolve actual fighting. And it's happened in the past. Look at the cold war between America and Russia. And that lasted for. It's still going. <laughs> Officially, like, you know, before America started getting into their other stuff. Officially. Luke, look up when the Cold War officially ended. I mean, there is a date to this when it started and finished. Was it the 80s? No, no, no. I think it's far more recent than that. Really? There's... Go, Luke. I'm sure you've got something to say. Uh, Says the Cold War started just after the end of World War II. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I started. Started. Okay. Sorry. I thought you didn't finish. Shit. I just had a massive fucking shut up. Just had a video start playing randomly. Shut up. Sorry. This okay, song continue brought talking. to you by difficulties of technology. Luke's actually looking up the uh, date of when. It makes Cold it does War make sense though that finished. it would have started at the end of World yeah. War Two because if you remember, it started at the end of World War Two. Started in 1947 and uh, roughly, and I say roughly, ended in 1991. But there were some people who say that the Cold War finished with the space race. There's some people who say that the Cold War is still going. There's some people who say that the Cold War finished with the. Uh, end of the soviet union which i believe was a 80s if i'm correct (sighs) look this this topic is something that i've um heavily looked into i guess um history and and world wars and uh, you know any battle that's happened it's a topic that we could go on for fucking forever um i'm not sure how much you know about about this, Nathan, have you ever actually looked into, you know, the, the history of the world in specifically in terms of the war? Um, and oh, I've, I do, I do take a really big interest in not just the war aspect of history, but also a lot of the other stuff that you can mm. sort of just, you can really just, as you said before, um, people don't like, you don't want to say the word, but ignorance about it. Um, yeah. I can't remember who said it, but I know that this, there's a, there's the quote that those who um, those who fail to understand history are doomed to repeat it. Yeah, I can't remember who's who actually quoted that. If it, if that was the actual quote, it was like a sort of thing. But those it, who do not remember their past are condemned to repeat their mistakes. Was George Santayana. Okay. George Santayana. Interesting. It's definitely something I've heard before. Um, I mean, like I said, hopefully, I don't actually know anyone who's extremely well versed in the topic of history. 
wars. I mean, I do, I do, I do know a few people that probably wouldn't be interested in coming on the podcast, but it, it would be nice to, Have to get someone on to, to talk on, uh, you know, about all this about this stuff and um, i would be i'd be more than happy to have you on again nathan to to speak about history um and and d- delve into that because I, I like i said i've known you for a very long time and i know that um the hi- history in terms of religion and oh, and yeah, yeah, yeah. is something that you've looked into specifically um because you've, you're into evolution um, and the science in the natural world, like science is at contradictions with um, um, religion. Uh, there, there are some instances where yeah. it sort of peacefully coexist. But so, I mean, yeah. for, the, for the most part, I mean, before a certain point in time, science was seen as a fucking, you know, heresy against the church and you know can fire it up now adam that's it well well all i'm all i'm getting people prepared for is the next podcast we're going to have with nathan because if you you don't believe in nathan but it's 10 to 6 we've been going for a few hours now (laughs) time just flies when you're having fun so it just it just flies so i i reckon like i'll I'll definitely have you to have you on again we'll have to do another one of these and if yeah, you if you're cool. specifically you interested in um, history, uh, religion, um, and we'll probably end up talking about evolution as well, um, we'll, we'll probably be on the next podcast. And if you've got other topics that you know Nathan will probably know about, considering that he's studied um, you know a little bit of evolution, uh, veterinary bioscience, zoology we will be talking about that in, in another podcast. So you can comment, inbox me, inbox Nathan, um, and, and we'll be on again to talk about history. And I may even have a fourth person uh, on the podcast next time. If I can find someone that is well-versed in history, um, specifically to do with, say, um, evolution oh, yeah. uh, and things like that, we might get someone on to have a bit of a debate what do you reckon about that (laughs) (laughs) well it's been uh it's been good having you on i think we've been we've been gone for a while now so we'll we'll have to do this again um so it's it's been a pleasure so i think we'll uh we'll just say goodbye on that note so uh uh do you want to do you want to shout out any uh social media platforms where people can find you follow you Uh. or anything nathan Good catch, Luke. Go ahead, Nathan. Oh, follow me. Oh, I mean, you can follow me on uh, just Instagram, I guess. Probably the only one I really frequent very often is just Nathan. What's your Instagram handle out there, mate? Nathan underscore Grimaldi. That's about it, really. <laughs> Nathan underscore Grimaldi, right. Yeah, Have a Google of that. You might find one. some interesting things that might uh, perk your interest. <laughs> In saying that, we'll, uh, we'll call it quits for the day and... Uh, Hope you enjoyed this this uh, Adam Kochi podcast, and we'll see you all next time. Bye, everybody. Thank you very much. Thank you.